Book three, chapter twelve of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de la Biera, translated by Robert Southey. Book three, chapter twelve. How the Knight of the Green Sword departed from Constantinople to perform his promise made to the fair Gracinda and how being about to go with her to great britain to fulfil her will he chanced to find don bruneo of bonamar badly wounded and also of the adventure whereby angriote of estravaeus found them and they went together to the house of the fair gracinda three years had the knight of the green sword passed in germany and two in romania and greece and in all that time had received no tidings of his lady oriana but now was he resolved to go towards the country where she dwelt and that thought made him full joyful as he sailed with a fair wind from the port of constantinople in twenty days he arrived at the city of the fair crescinda and she having heard of the wonders he had wrought in arms went out honourably to welcome him and they gave the greeting each to other as those who loved each other well with good love sir knight of the green sword quoth she god hath made you perfect in all things for after such perilous adventures you are returned within the year of your promise whereof five days only have yet to run this makes me think that you will as truly perform the other boon to this he made courteous and fitting reply then were he and master helisabad conducted to that apartment in the court of gracinda wherein he had been healed of his wounds and there were they worshipfully served that night before he slept the green sword knight talked much with gandaline saying how rejoiced at heart he was now that he was returning to oriana if indeed this boon which he had to perform did not prevent him sir answered gandaline take joy as it comes and commit the rest to god belike this boon may be to your help and pleasure so he passed that night with somewhat more than his wonted comfort on the morrow after mass gracinda took him apart and said knight of the green sword a year before you came into these parts all the fairest dames were assembled at a marriage feast given by the duke of basilia and thither did i also go under the protection of my brother marquis salader whom you know then all the lords of the country being present my brother whether for pride or affection i know not affirmed with a loud voice that my beauty exceeded that of any dame present the which he would prove in combat upon any one who dared gainsay i know not whether it were because of his prowess or if indeed it appeared the same to others as to him but so it was that no one answered and thus was i judged to be the fairest of all the fair dames in romania whereof my heart is always right joyful and proud but more joyful and proud should i be if you would obtain for me what i greatly desire and for which i would spare neither fatigue of my person nor cost of my possessions lady he replied let it be a thing which i can do and without doubt it shall immediately be taken in hand sir quoth she 
the boon I require is this, that because the fairest women in the world are at the court of King Lisuarte of Great Britain, you carry me there, and by arms, if otherwise it cannot be, obtain for me the praise of beauty above all the damsels of his court, as I have already won it over all the dames of these parts. You shall proclaim that there is no damsel there so fair as a dame who is in your company, and defy all knights to the proof, and I will take a rich crown which you shall stake on my part, and whatever knight will combat with you upon this quarrel shall stake another, and the conqueror shall have both. If in this enterprise we come off with the glory, you shall carry me to a place which they call the Firm Island, where they say there is an enchanted chamber, into which neither dame nor damsel can set foot, except she exceed in beauty the fair Grimanesa, who in her own days had no peer. When the knight of the green sword heard what she said, his countenance and his whole feelings changed and he exclaimed, Ah, lady, you have undone me, and he stood like one bereft of his senses. This trouble came upon him because he thought that if he went on such an enterprise to King Lisuarte's court, he should lose his lady Oriana, and moreover he knew that many good knights would undertake the quarrel in her behalf, and that as their cause was so just, he could not escape without loss of honor or of life. But on the other part his honor was greatly injured if he refused to perform his promise to the lady to whom he was so beholden, so that he thought himself in the worst danger he had ever endured since he left Gaul, and cursed himself and his fortune, and the hour wherein he was born, and that ever he came into these lands of Romania but presently a remedy came into his mind, for he recollected that Oriana was no damsel, and that whoever should undertake the combat for her as such would maintain a wrong cause, and how when he saw Oriana he could explain this to her, and the reason wherefore he undertook such a quarrel. Then his good cheer returned, and he said, Pardon me, good lady, for what I said, and I will fulfill all you require. The doubt I felt was not from want of will, but from my heart, which I cannot resist, and which would have directed me towards another part. The cause which made me utter those words is the same as that which overrules all my actions. So she laid her fair arms upon his shoulders and said, You greatly surprised me, when shall I see the day that I shall return with the crown won by you from all the damsels of Great Britain, with the same glory that I have here won over all the dames? Lady, quoth he, if the boon were not promised, and my advice were heard, I should counsel you to be content with that great fame which you deservedly have gained, for whoso undertakes such a journey should not lose the thought that it is a way of great toil and danger, through many people of diverse tongues. She answered, I am better pleased with your courage to protect than your counsel to direct me. These strange lands we need not traverse, for this way is better by sea, and we will go with a company befitting such a chief. 
In God's name, then, so be it, quoth he, and thus their talk was at an end. Now when the knight had sojourned here two days, he would go hunt, because he could have no exercise in arms. There went certain knights in his company, and huntsmen, and two dogs well trained to that sport, and he took his station in a little valley, between the wild part of the mountains and the forest, where the game most frequently was to be found. There he slew two fine hearts, and the huntsman slew another and it being near nightfall they blew their bugle-horns. But as the knight went towards them, another goodly heart sprang from the thicket, and he set the dogs on. The heart being hardly run, took to the water in a great lake thereby. But the dogs came up, and the knight slew him. Then Gandalin came up, who was right glad to see his master take pleasure in the sport, for they had been talking of their journey to Great Britain, and he alighted and fleshed the dogs. By this the night closed. They laid their venison in the thicket and covered it with green boughs. Then having remounted, they missed their way, and were soon bewildered in the mountains. At length they came to a fountain where their horses drank, and having no hope of better lodging, there they resolved to fare that night when Gondoline took the saddles and bridles from the beasts that they might feed, the knight walked on towards some fine trees that were near, that he might muse upon his mistress. When he came up to them he saw a white horse lying dead, having many great wounds, and he heard a groan from among the trees, but could not see from whence it came, the night was so dark. He stopped and listened, and presently he heard these words. Ah, wretched Bruneo of Bonamar, now shall thy mortal desires perish with thee. Thou shalt never see thy friend Amadis, whom thou hast sought with such toil through strange lands, and who was beloved by thee above all others in the world. Here without him or kinsman, or friend to console thee, thou must pass from life to cruel death. O oh, my lady Melicia, the flower and mirror of all women, thy servant will never see the more. He who never sinned against thee in word or deed. Lady, thou wilt lose what thou canst never recover, for never will you find another who will love so loyally as I have done. I would never have appeared before thee, till I had found thy dear brother, and now death has overtaken me. Then, having paused a while, he cried again, Angriote, where have you tarried this while? In an evil hour of night were we separated, and I have no help in my last hour. True friend, God reward thee, and receive my soul. But the knight of the green sword, weeping bitterly to hear him, went up to him and said, My true friend Don Bruneo of Bonamar, take heart, for God has suffered me to find you, and if man can be saved by mortal skill, be sure that so shall you now, if it pleases God. Don Bruneo thought it was his squire, whom he had sent to seek some hermit or religious man. Lasindo, said he, you have tarried long, for my death is come. 
when you have disposed of me, go straightways and kiss the Infanta's hand, and give her this sleeve of my shirt, whereon I have written seven letters with my blood, for I had no strength to write more. I trust that that pity which she would not show me living, she will feel for my death, considering that it befell me in her service, seeking through such perils the brother whom she loves so dearly. Dear friend Don Bruneo, quoth the knight, I am Amadis, for whom you have undergone such peril. Fear not, I will help you with such a master as shall save you, if the soul have not left the body. Don Bruneo, weak as he was, then knew him, and raised his arms and embraced him, weeping much. The green-sword knight embraced him too, and called to Gandalin, and with his help disarmed him, and laid him upon Gondoline's cloak, and covered him with his own, and bade Gondoline go upon some hill and look out for the town as soon as it was light, and then hasten for Master Helisabad, and he remained holding Bruneo's head upon his knees and comforting him. So soon as it was dawn, Gondoline saw the town, and he galloped into it with such speed that all who saw him knew surely that something had befallen his master, and he went to Master Helisabad, and besought him to heal one of his master's dearest friends, and then went and begged of Gracinda that she would send such things as were fitting for one as high in lineage and as good in arms as his master. Master Helisabad took all things that were needful, and mounted his palfrey, and followed Gondoline, and when he arrived and saw how the green-sword knight held Don Bruneo's head upon his knees, and was weeping over him, he knew that of a truth he loved him. He looked at the wounds and found them swollen and festering with the cold of the night, but such remedies did he apply that the pain presently abated, so that he fell asleep. When the knight of the green sword saw that the master thought little of the danger, he embraced him, saying, Ah, Master Helisabad, my good sir and friend, in a happy hour was I in your company. I pray God that there may come a time wherein I may repay you, for though you see me now but a poor knight, perhaps ere long you may judge of me otherwise. I am more pleased, Sir Knight, he answered, in serving you than you can be in requiting me, though well I know your gratitude would never fail. But no more of this. Let us eat, for it is time. They then took food with which Gracinda had provided them, and after their meal, as they were saying how these beech-trees were the goodliest and largest that ever they had beheld, they saw a man come riding towards them, having two heads hanging from the poitrel of his horse, and an axe in his hand all blood. He, seeing this company under the trees, drew aside, but the knight and Gondoline knew that it was Lacindo, and feared lest he should innocently betray them. The knight therefore said, Stay ye here, and I will go see who this is that seems to fear us, and wherefore he carries those heads and he mounted, and took a lance, and went with Gondoline towards him. The squire at that rode into the forest, being afraid, and he of the green sword after him. But when they were out of sight, 
and hearing of the others, the knight called out, Lasindo, stop! Do not fear me! When he heard himself named, he looked round and knew Amadis, and came and kissed his hands. Ah, sir, you know not the unhappy news of my master, who has undergone such toil in your search, and he began to lament greatly. These two knights told Angriote that they had left him dead in the forest, wherefore he cut off their heads and bade me lay them beside him if he were dead, but if living present them to him on his part. I have found Don Bruneo, replied the knight, but in such plight that he could tell me nothing. Tarry you now here a while with Gandaline, as if he had overtaken you, and then come up and tell us this. But remember that you call me nothing but the knight of the green sword. Then he returned to his companions and told them that Gondaline was in pursuit of the squire. Presently the two squires came up, and when Lucindo saw the knight of the green sword, he alighted and knelt to him and said, Blessed be God who has sent you here to help my master who loves you so well. Friend Lucindo, he replied, welcome and he raised him up your master is doing well but tell us wherefore you carry those heads sir he said take me to don bruneo for to him must i relate it then went they to the tent which gracinda had sent for bruneo and the squire knelt and said sir you see here the heads of those knights who did you such great wrong your true friend Angriote of Estrovaius sends them, for he knew their treason, and fought with them both and slew them, and he will be with you presently, for he hath stopped at a nunnery on the forest edge to have a wound in his leg dressed, and so soon as the blood be stanched he will proceed here. God reward him, quoth Bruneo, but how could he direct you here? Footnote. This is an oversight. It is said before that Bruneo had sent his squire for a hermit to confess him. End of footnote. He bade me go to the highest trees in the forest, for there he thought I should find you dead, by what one of the villains told him before he was slain. But the grief which he made for you cannot be expressed. Ah, God, preserve him from harm, quoth the greensword knight. Can you guide me to the monastery? Then bidding Master Helisabad convey Don Bruneo upon a litter to the town, he armed himself in Bruneo's arms, and went with Lasindo, who carried his shield and helmet and lance. When they arrived at the place where he had laid his venison, they saw Angriote coming hanging his head like a man who was in grief. Presently four knights, all well armed, came riding after him, and they cried out, Stop, Don False One, you must lose your head for cutting off theirs, who were worth more than thee. Angriote turned and took his shield and prepared to defend himself, for he had not seen the green sword knight, but he who had taken Bruneo's arms rode on as fast as horses could carry him and came up to Angriote before the encounter, and said, Good friend, fear not, for God will be with you. Angriote weaned by the arms that it was Don Bruneo, and his joy was exceeding great. 
the green sword knight met the foremost of the four who was that brandasidel whom he had made ride with his horse's tail for a bridle he struck him above the shield on the helmet mail that hung on the breast and he drove him to the earth so rudely that he could neither move hand nor foot the others attacked angriote and he them like a full hardy knight but that other laid hand on his green sword and thrust himself among them and with one blow sliced off the arm of one at the shoulder much was angriote amazed at that so mighty a stroke for he did not think there had been such strength in don bruneo by this he had made an end of one enemy and the remaining one fled before him of the green sword in his fear attempting to pass a river he missed the ford and fell into deep water the horse escaped but he by reason of the weight of his armor was drowned the green sword knight then gave his shield and helmet to lasindo and turned to angriote who stood astonished at his valor thinking he was don bruneo but coming near him he knew amadis and ran to him with open arms thanking god that he was found they then with tears embraced as men who loved each other well now indeed said the knight doth your true love towards me appear in this long and dangerous search angriote replied you have bound me to more services than i can ever perform for you have given me her without whom life could not have been endured but tell me have you heard the unhappy tidings of your good friend don bruneo of bonomar then the green sword knight told him all that had chanced so as they went on they perceived that one of the conquered knights was still living he of the green sword stopped and said to him foul knight whom god confound tell me why without reason you attempted to destroy errant knights or i will off with thy head and if you were at the hurt of that knight whose arms i wear that can he not deny quoth angriote for i left him and two others in the company of don bruneo and afterward found the other twain boasting how they had killed bruneo whom they led away to help them as they said in the rescue of their sister who would else be burnt he went upon this adventure and i went with an old knight who had lodged us to deliver his son who was held prisoner in some tents near the which i accomplished thus we separated now let this one tell wherefore they committed so great a treason descend and cut off his head for he is a traitor said he of the green sword to lasindo mercy for god's sake quoth the knight and i will tell you all we knew that these two knights were seeking the knight of the green sword whom we mortally hate and because they were his friends we wished to kill them and because we could not think to succeed if they were together we devised this falsehood so that knight went with us to release the damsel having his head and hands unharmed we came to the fountain of the beech trees and while he was giving his horse drink we took our lances and i who was nearest him snatched his sword from the scabbard and before he could help himself we threw him down and gave him so many wounds that we left him for dead as in truth i suppose he be 
what reason had ye to hate me so much that ye would commit such villainy are you then the knight of the green sword here is that sword see now if i be not he i will tell you it is now a year since you did battle with one of these knights who here lies dead and he pointed to brandasidel the combat was before the fair grasinda and he who was the strongest knight in all these parts appointed a shameful law for the vanquished the which you made him undergo and for this cause he and all his kinsmen mortally hated you and we fell into this treason now then kill me or spare me for i have told you all i shall not kill thee quoth the green sword knight for the wicked die many times while they live and pay what their wicked works deserve then he bade lucindo lay the venison upon one of those knights horses and unbridle the rest and turn them loose into the forest so they proceeded toward the town the knight then earnestly asked news of great britain and angriote told him all he knew for it was a year and a half since he and don bruneo had left it in quest of him among other things he told him that there was the fairest child in the world at the court of king lisuarte of whom urganda had prophesied strange things and he related how the hermit had found him and what letters there were upon his breast god preserve him quoth he of the green sword you tell me of a wonder what age hath he about twelve years he and my son ambor of gandal serve oriana who favors them greatly but they are very different for ambor seems slow and slothful ah angriote quoth the knight judge not of your son yet for he can yet know neither good nor evil if he were older and oriana would give him to me i would take him with me and make gandalin who has so long served me a knight angriote replied he well deserves it and knighthood would be full well bestowed upon him as one of the best squires in the world if this were done and my son were in your service then should i lose all fear and be sure that he would do honor to his lineage in such talk they proceeded to the city and there was angriote laid in bed by don bruneo's bedside and his leg which was greatly swollen was healed and the knight of the green sword had his bed also placed in the same chamber that they might talk of all that had chanced and when these knights had heard of the boon which he had promised grasinda they were well pleased because having found him whom they sought they were desirous to return to great britain so when they were well healed of their wounds and the fleet was ready and victualled for a whole year they and the green sword knight and the fair grasinda on a sunday morning in the month of may went on board and sailed with a fair wind toward great britain End of chapter twelve